Petronas Premax 97 with ProRace has been developed with a formulation that's only unique to us, utilizing the world's first advanced dual friction modifier. Choosing Petronas Premax 97 with ProRace would also mean you're making a conscientious decision to help reduce carbon emissions as the fuel is more efficient. Besides delivering more power responsiveness, the power is out there, the choice is yours. Listen to the full interview with Azrul Osman Rani, Managing Director and CEO of Petronas Dagangan Berhad, over on BFM.my. This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, the business station. This is Matt Splained. Entertainment. It's not a topic that's often associated with Matt Splained or or even Matt Armitage. Not surprisingly, with Christmas drawing near, he's found a way to take the fun out of, well, fun. As we look at the creep of artificial intelligence into music, art, and film. Matt, is this wish fulfillment on your part to turn everything that's good in this world over to the machines? Hey, Rich. Well, you know, obviously that's my long-term goal. Uh, I don't mind if it's the Matrix or Terminator or even Star Wars as long as I get to be the overlord of humanity's overlords. And what better to, better way rather, to try and regulate and control people than by using entertainment. So if we take uh, music, for example, wouldn't it be better if every song had a predetermined path, a set of chord progressions that could be programmed and anticipated, created by a machine instead of some emotionally fragile flower with substance abuse issues. I mean, listen to this, for example. Who does that sound like to you? It sounds like um, a bar version of uh, Frank Sinatra. Yeah, but it's better than Frank Sinatra because... A machine made Frank Sinatra. So what if it sounds slightly creepy? It's music that a machine can understand. Imagine hearing that in shopping malls and stores for weeks and weeks and weeks. It reinforces that spirit of Christmas, that a machine has made all the gifts and done all the hard work so that you can enjoy the holiday. It's a way for us to give back. Matt, you are utterly Correct, aren't you? Well, I kind of prefer wind damaged, um, but okay, it's uh, weird and it's spooky and we'll get into it a bit more later in the show. But the wider point is that this has been a year where we've all become a little more intimate with AI, often without realising it. This year, our lives have been a lot more digital. Processing that digital experience is uh, very often some form of machine intelligence working in the background. Uh, whether it's the recommendations that you get on streaming services, that auto-suggestion that you get on the search engine, but also increasingly while we're at work, you know, services like Grammarly that integrate with productivity suites to help you write in a more engaging way, and all those cloud services that are automating your company's back end. Not, not to mention social media. Well, we're engaging with machine intelligence dozens of times a day. And like I say, it's largely invisibly because the purpose of the machine is to get us to engage with posts and thereby with each other. But increasingly, these machines are in contact with us. I mentioned a couple of weeks back 
Very often, if we're using a chat window with a company or website, we're not entirely sure if we're talking to a machine or a person. It's the same with the chatbots on messaging apps. Until you push them out of their comfort zone, they seem pretty real. And once we give voice to those machines, which we're increasingly doing, then it really does start to blur that human-machine divide. As a for instance, do you mean that a radio announcer could be a machine without listeners knowing? Ultimately, yes. We know that in all areas of media, it's getting harder to maintain services and quality and make a profit. Many organizations are scaling down workforces and asking everyone to do more with less. At some point, that model becomes unsustainable. You can no longer provide a service. One way to overcome that would be to replace the team with machines, to create the content with code instead of people. Could that really work? As we've talked about many times on this show, however impressive the technology is now, Give it another two or five or ten years and it will be magnitudes of X better. Already we can see how far advanced things are getting. I was playing with the presentation making service Haiku Deck this week. They have a service called Zuru which allows you to upload an outline and it will instantly create a presentation around your structure. Allowing you to select images and move text around. Think of all the time that could save. We're seeing similar predictive tools being used in audio and video production that help to tune the sound and speed up the production extracting background noise and smoothing out frames, allowing producers to do more with less. Let me ask you a question. Could you imagine a time where a machine replaces you? I'm hoping that it's going to be a very long time before someone replaces me. I don't think that AI is capable yet of saying super coli fragilistic XP alidocious, though I could be wrong. What about the content? Can the machines do the creation part as well? Increasingly, the answer to that is yes. But before we get to that, let's clear something up. I'm sure that some of the listeners have already realised that they are no longer listening to Matt and Richard. They're listening to the Mattbot Infinity. And the Brapple Pro. For the past few minutes, Matt and Richard have been sitting at the breakfast bar, eating crisps and drinking tea while we do the hard work. We are machine intelligence voices that Matt and Richard have programmed on an editing service called Descript. Using recordings of their voice... Descript's text-to-speech engine turns a script into a version of their voices. Back to that question about content. Can the machines create, or will it always be programmed like this? Should we hand it back to the humans? Thank you, the Matbot Infinity. Uh, one of the nice things about having a show named after you is that you don't have any problem talking about yourself in the third person, <laughs> or even having a machine version of yourself. <laughs> As you can hear, the Matbot is a little flat. It does need a, a little bit of tweaking, but it should be better before you get to hear the next version uh, early in the new year. But that's how technology works. Increasingly, we're getting close to that point where machines will be able to actually create those ideas. We covered the story a few months back of OpenAI's GPT-3, Natural Language Processing uh, AI, that uh, wrote an article for the Guardian website that was called are you scared yet, human? One of my favourite titles of the year. Uh, GPT-3 is, uh, is cutting edge, of course, so it's experimental technology. But there are already consumer and business level versions of similar services, albeit at a slightly lower level. I think I mentioned one on a Sciences Slick episode a few weeks back that was called uh, Shortly. You feed it some notes and ideas and some source URLs, and it can write an article for you based on the content and the context. It's not bad, it's a bit generic, 
But if you're time poor and you want to create basic blog posts for a company website or social media posts, it might be worth exploring. And as I said before, Grammarly, which is available as a free plugin for many office productivity suites, is great at uh, bringing that machine intelligence into what we write, our presentations. And I used an early version, which, uh, and I don't want to boast here, but it wasn't as good at grammar as I am. But that's been switched now. Uh, I typically get a 95% plus score for my raw text in Grammarly. But it points out all the little mistakes and the bad habits that I have, like use of the passive voice. I think the audience might be lapsing into a passive state at this point. I much preferred you as a machine. Uh, the Bradpool Pro <laughs> might become my uh, permanent uh, wing machine for this show in the future, I think. All right, all right, all right. All right. Let's go back to the fun then. Okay, we'll, uh, we'll come back to the music after the break. Uh, gamers, of course, are already fully integrated into the world of AI entertainment. Now, these virtual environments are so interconnected and multi-layered and the physics governing them so complex that artificial intelligence is essential if that experience is to work. And when the AI doesn't uh, work as well as it should, it completely disrupts the gameplay. In a lot of uh, open world titles, AI controls the behaviour and the characteristics of all sorts of characters, uh, enemies, allies, and also the, the neutral characters, the people just wandering around. So what you want are characters that behave normally, people who behave more like movie extras on a street, not sheep bumping into and off each other, or pursuers that don't simply forget you exist as soon as you turn a corner. AI makes these worlds more believable. Now, you're more of a gamer than I am, Richard. What's been the most immersive gaming experience for you this year? Well, you know, I, I wanted to say um, cyberpunk, um, but as you know, we've got a lot to talk about on that. Well, yeah, Cyberpunk uh, 2077 was one of the most eagerly anticipated games of the year. Uh, it's a truly vast uh, open world, uh, and it has an AI-based storyline in that uh, in this uh, future, there, there are kind of Blade Runner-esque themes of are the machines human? Now, I haven't played the title. Uh, a few friends, including yourself, I think, have been live streaming from inside it. But the coverage I've read seems to suggest that uh, this title about the future of AI is let down by the playability of its own AI. So however sumptuous and eerie the, the world looks, the non-controlled actors seem to be very poorly coordinated. And we've since heard that the makers have pulled the title back. They're closing down new sales and uh, new entrants with the promise of refunds for users who are not prepared to wait until the system is patched over the, the next few weeks. But I'm bringing this up again to reinforce that point that what we have now is baby AI. As good as all these systems and technologies are, they're nothing compared to where the technology will be in a few years' time. What's your experience been with the game? It looks beautiful. When it's, and if it's finished, it will be something that is truly immersive, clearly. But this feels like despite its eight years of development, it's been rushed out in time for a holiday, you know, cash grab. Well, that's the thing. I mean, one of the, some of the things that I've read about it have said that it feels like it has the AI 
of a game that was developed, you know, five or more years ago. So maybe that development time, they haven't given enough thought to actually upgrading those uh, background systems that, that govern the landscape. I, I really don't know. But I'm interested to see what will happen when they release the patches in uh, January and February. When we come back, music, finally, and more from the Matbot. Beats, funk, mixtapes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back to Matt's Plane. I'm Rich Bradbury, of course, on the phone line with uh, the Matt Bot and, of course, Matt Armitage. Now, Matt, it is very crowded in the studio today. As I've just mentioned, along with you, we also have two extremely powerful and intelligent AI helping to power the show today. At the start of the show, we heard a little extract from the not-quite-Frank Sinatra. Yes, yeah, so... Music and audio are spaces where we're starting to see this increasing encroachment by companies using AI. But it's not actually as new a phenomenon as we might think. What's new is that the machines are starting to become independent of people. Machine learning is quite common in studios and audio production. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if Richard has used some plugins with machine learning to produce this show. A lot of the Yes, exactly. A lot of the tools now use machine learning based modeling to treat and optimize sound. Plus, we're all used to the auto tuning effect that creates that robotic edge to a lot of vocals in uh, in music tracks. And that uses machine modeling to transpose voices and vocals. Not to mention our chatbots. Well, yes. Yeah, so we're making a lot of advances. The use of AI in the music industry has the potential to lead to several positive changes for musicians and artists. While many in the music industry have admitted that music platforms aren't innovating fast enough, an independent author and AI expert has proposed that AI could help music platforms boost music subscription and acquisition rates. Now, I didn't actually write that last bit. I put the sentence, the use of AI in the music industry, into a text-generating AI called Talk to Transfer, and it actually created the rest. It's not quite something that I would say, but, you know, it's not bad. So imagine if I used a tool like that to create a script for this show and fed it to the chatbot. Mm. That's the potential reality we're looking at in a few more years. Machines generating content for radio, television, cutting down on costs, maybe based on a human voice, but not requiring human input beyond the initial selection of topics, which, let's say another AI is monitoring the, the news feeds, could mean that machines are creating custom programming for a station like BFM as stories break on the news wires. Do you think that this is the kind of future that people will embrace? I mean, do we really want our heroes and idols to be digital? Let's go back to that gaming example. How many of your friends post photos from inside the games they play? You know, very mm. often the characters are heavily modded and customized. Now, that's an example of a situation where we became the, or we become rather, the hero in a digital environment. Games are already a great way to break new music. There's a lot of competition for artists to get their material into these big release titles. Uh, the Fortnite dance 
is i mean it's been a thing for for years now so how different would it be to have a breakout music star from inside a title like cyberpunk 2077 or ghost of tsushima it's not that big a step are game developers the ones who are driving the development of uh, ai music well the answer to that is yes and no or, or rather it depends on the circumstance i think we mentioned uh, when we covered this subject uh, briefly a few weeks ago creating music is a useful task for scientists to use for ai because it's such a complex thing to do. You know, we think, hey, wow, Rich and Matt have machines that can sort of do their voices, but that's a toddler task compared to composing, creating and arranging music, Mm. complete with a vocal performance on top. So that clip we played of Frank Sinatra at the start of the show, that comes from another open AI project called Jukebox. To quote the company, Jukebox is a neural net that generates music, including rudimentary singing, as raw audio in a variety of genres and artist styles. So in case you thought the Frank piece was a one-off, this is a piece of country music in the style of the country music superstar, Alan Jackson. I've listened to some of the other tracks on OpenAI's SoundCloud and, uh, well, a lot of them just aren't very good. Well, that brings us back to that complexity issue. There's a a nice piece on the Guardian website that summarises the movement quite neatly. It's called It's the Screams of the Damned and it's about the eerie AI world of uh, deepfake music. They quote uh, Dr. Matthew Yi King. He's an electronic musician and researcher and academic at Goldsmiths University in London. And he explains that Jukebox is essentially analysing music to create a dictionary of building blocks. Mm. And the algorithm can essentially rearrange fragments according to requests. So if you say jazz in the style of Katy Perry it will bring those different elements together and rearrange them and give you something that resembles those keywords that you've given to the machine. Of course, the machine is going to be influenced by the data set that it's given. A lot of the examples on OpenAI SoundCloud seem to have a baby shark fixation, Mm -hmm. which is weird when it comes out of the mouths of uh, Elvis Presley and the Beatles. Fair enough. But beyond the academic pursuit, um, what value does this technology have? On the more experimental side, some artists are viewing this as the next frontier in music making, a bit like sampling was to the generation of the 1980s. Mm. It opened up new ways to look at and repurpose old music. So on the one hand, you have the ability to see what it could sound like to mix up Billie Holiday and BTS, you know, just because you can, but also because you have that data set. Give it enough information and ask the machine to create types of music that don't actually exist. So just as techno and house music were revolutionary in the 1980s, those next leaps of imagination might be possible or might be made possible not by people harnessing machines, but by people leaving the machines free to create. So we have the knowledge argument and the experimental approach. What about the business use side of things? For sure. And that's where we circle back to games. So these vast open world platforms need a lot of different textures of music. Having incidental music that can be auto-generated for each player's experience adds another layer 
to the experience they're having in that world. Mm. Versions of that have been done for a while with the systems able to call up various stems that are key and tone matched and compatible with each other. But there's also the cost implication. If you're using copyright music, then you pay royalties every time a song is used. And the same goes for shops and restaurants playing music in public places. There are various mechanical royalty payments that they have to make. So this kind of automated music generation would give access to huge catalogues of royalty-free music that are available for a flat fee and with no pesky musicians to reimburse. Are we seeing the streaming services like Spotify and Apple Music looking into this area as well? Yes, Spotify apparently has a division of the company uh, working on this. Uh, We've covered before that uh, at one point at least, I'm not sure about now, Spotify would include less well-known artists in some of its most popular playlists because it can negotiate lower royalty rates with them. Mm. For new artists, it's access to an audience and a revenue stream that they might otherwise not have. So AI music would allow Spotify to create playlists with big tracks by, say, Dua Lipa or Bad Bunny and create tracks that sit nicely alongside those artists but have actually been generated in-house and therefore there's no royalties to pay out on those tracks at all. It looks like quite a bleak future for music makers. Well, normally I'd say something like, well, there's still the the live performance aspect. Mm. People always want to see and hear live music. Of course, this is taking place during a year when there is very little live music because of the coronavirus. And in many countries, the copyright laws are not set up to cover this kind of technology. Copyrights in many countries cover the notes that make up the song and also the physical performance and recording of the song. So there is potential for a lot of deep fakery. Uh, Recently, there was an Eminem sound-alike track that uh, was uh, released. And because there are currently no statutes in a lot of jurisdictions that cover an original machine-generated work that sounds like Beyoncé or Little Uzi Vert... This is another area where there's a serious legislation gap that we have to fill. Do you think that some artists will make it work for them, though? Well, we can look at electronic music producers to start with. Now, they often bring in guest vocalists to front their tracks. Having a big star is great if you're one of the big EDM guys, but if you're an up-and-coming producer, the ability to have a vocalist that sounds like Dua Lipa or Rita Ora on your track could make the difference between getting noticed or just disappearing into the background. Mm. Uh, But it's also an area that's attracting interest from established music stars. Uh, Producer, vocalist and, just incidentally, partner of Elon Musk. Grimes has partnered with a a company that makes an app called Endel, which generates shifting soundscapes to uh, fit your mood. In part, it sits there with the new wellness app industry, but it also points to that new future and purpose for music. As Grimes points out to the New York Times, uh, her soundscape for Endel is a new way to look at music for, for children and babies, for example. A lot of parents use those white and brown noise apps to help babies sleep, but they're very flat and repetitive, a bit like my chatbot. <laughs> but Apps like these could provide more creative stimulus while still calming a child. Can you explain a little bit uh, for people how it works? Well, let's listen to a little clip. (laughs) 
Grimes recorded what she calls a, a lullaby as stems of music. So these are little ideas, melodies, chords, and short vocal pieces, which are then fed to Endel's algorithm. Now, the algorithm generates different combinations of the stems each time you open up and listen. So there may be a soothing familiarity about the music, but you're never listening to exactly the same thing twice. So it's doing something new and creative that you can't do within the traditional three-minute recorded pop song formula. Okay, to finish on that point we made earlier then, isn't it better if our heroes are human? Well, I don't think we're at that point where the technology is a direct threat yet, but future generations may look back at our idea of huge music festivals and concerts as being quite old-fashioned. In the future, they might occupy a place that's similar to the one classical music and symphony orchestras occupy today, because it's just time doing its thing. The pop music of today is always the classic of tomorrow. Thank you very much. You have been tuned into Matt Splained here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. If you missed any part of this show, don't forget you can download the podcast wherever you normally download it from. And if you want transcripts of this show, head over to culturepop.com. BFM 89.9. Merry Christmas, everyone. And may all your Christmases be bites. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.